Hey, this is Tim. I wanted to thank everyone for their support. Remind you that you can help us out by leaving us a rating on iTunes, subscribe to the show, give us some feedback to your family and friends. We also have a click-through link for Amazon. Go to InsideBJJ.com and use the click-through link. Helps us out a lot. Thank you very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. We'd like to present Not Seen Before. I think you want you want everybody to smoke weed. Hey, this is Hoist Gracie, and you're listening to the Inside BJJ Podcast. It was a stream trip. That's racist. I'm not a racist. That's racist. I'm not a racist. This is Kurt Oceaner. This is the Inside BJJ Podcast. God damn it! Jiu-Jitsu sucks. God damn it! I think you want you want everybody to smoke weed. No, this is sarcasm. This is not your answer, and you're listening to the Inside DJK podcast. What is up? Welcome to the Inside the BJJ Podcast, the world infamous. I am your host, the one and only Tim Freeman. What's going on? Hey, uh, damn, what an amazing weekend, weekend, amazing weekend of grappling, an amazing weekend of grappling. Outstanding performances in ADCC Lots of questions answered. Lots of new questions put out on the table, right? We're talking Gordon Ryan comes out, does exactly what he said he was going to do, does exactly what we wanted to see if he could do. Well, he can do it. He did it. Fantastic job from Gordon Ryan. Andre Galval again. Four-time ADC Super Fight champion. We will be hearing from him in just a few minutes. We got an exclusive interview with him coming up. Chat with Andre about his performance at ADCC. Nick Rodriguez, he was already on the scene in the plus 99 kilogram division. We know who he is. We've heard of him. We've seen him. But he really came out and put a statement on there. For a guy that doesn't have very much classic jujitsu experience. Wow. Pretty damn good job. Keenan Duarte beats him, bests him. Keenan's pretty much won everything in 2019. Outstanding. This division, this 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 ninety nine plus division, there's a lot of good talent in this division, and they're very young. The same thing with the ninety nine kilo division. This is a division that saw had Gordon Ryan, Lucas Barboza, Vinny Magalise. I mean, this was a stacked, stacked division, and Gordon Ryan was able to come. Defend his title. Leave with the gold medal. 
and leave with the absolute. Damn. That's crazy. 88 kilo division. Matthias Denise won. You know, it's interesting because Craig Jones looks so good, but Matthias just has a very good grappler. So much talent in that division. Craig Jones, Josh Hinger, John Blake. Uh, it's just really, really hard to get through that division. So hats off to Matthias for winning that. The 77 kilo division, man, JT Torres on a roll. Does Lloyd Irvin just go like, God damn it. I had JT. I had him. He was in my grasps. I had him. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, JT wins again. He looked amazing. Gary Tonin is a revelation in jiu-jitsu. Gary Tonin is the quintessential grappler. Gary Tonin is a grappler's grappler. To watch what he did in his match against Hanato Canuto. When you watch Hanato Canuto, you're expecting that kind of action from Hanato Canuto. Gary Tonin brought the heat. His stand-up was so technical, so precise, without hesitation. That's the only way I know how to describe Gary Tonin, without hesitation. He pulls the trigger every time. Fantastic arm drag game. If you have not watched any ADCC and you're on the fence, just watch Gary's matches. That alone for me was worth it. Not taking anything away from JT, but damn. What a great, great, great division. The 66-kilo division was intriguing because we have Augusto Mendez, who is, I would say, a lion in that, in that division. Paulo Miao. Cobrinha's son. So Cobrinha passed on his spot to Cobrinha Jr. We saw Ty Rotolo, 16 years old, from Atos get up there. Kennedy, Cobrinha Jr., makes it to the finals against Augusto Mendez, and he ends up losing in the finals, but did a really, really outstanding job. The women's division, Gabby Garcia won. What else is new? I don't know. But she won. The 60 kilo and under, wow, Fionn Davies breaks Bia Mosquita's arm. I mean, Bia Mesquita is so high level. We don't even know when the last time was that she got submitted like that. And Fion breaks her arm. Then Fion turns around and goes out and gets her leg ripped apart by Bianca Basile. Amazing. Amazing job. Super fights, Felipe Pena versus Andre Galval. We know what happened there. We'll be talking to Andre in a few minutes about that. Gordon Ryan won absolutes. The other standout we got to talk to is Lachlan Giles. We got to talk about Lachlan Giles did a fantastic job taking third place in absolutes, going up against complete beasts. 
He beats Kanan Juarte. Crazy, right? That he even beat him. That's an insanity. Just a really, really nice performance by Lachlan Giles. In just a moment, we're going to jump over to Andre Galval, ADCC 2019 Super Fight winner. And then immediately after that, I'm not going to come back and go, hey, man, great show, right? Immediately after that, we're going to jump to Max Roshkoff. Max is a finalist in the Shugio Invitational, and then we're going to talk to his opponent, Nate Orchard, who's also the finalist at the Shugio Invitational. Those two guys are going up against each other. That episode drops this week, so stay tuned for that. That's going to follow immediately after Andre Galval's interview. So we're really looking forward to that. Want to send a big shout out to my homie, Tim Sled, my brother. It's great to talk to you again today. Thank you so much for the hookup with the Andre Galval interview. You know, you're always uh, been a real good dude, man. So I really, really appreciate that. And I know you're listening, man, because you've always been a big supporter. And I just want to say on the real, thank you very, very much. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Inside BJJ Podcast. The most innovative, no-key submission-only tournament on the planet. Shugio, Shugio, Shugio. In, 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 www.youtube.com slash Shugio. S-H-U-G-Y-O. H-U-G-Y-O. The Shugio Invitational is a -a one-of-a-kind submission-only tournament. No time limit. All submissions legal! If you're a fan of submission-only grappling, you need to check out the Shugio Invitational. We're talking the best eight men on the planet getting after it. A new episode drops every week. It's produced. It's cut. It's exactly what you want to see. Young Ye, you icy. And welcome back to the Inside BJJ podcast. We're joined on the line with the winner of last night's ADCC Super Fight. I think we're talking four-time Super Fight winner now, the one and only Andre Galval. How are you doing, Andre? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, after having a, a match like last night where you were so physical, how sore are you this morning? Uh, a little sore, like, you know, not too bad, but yeah, it's a little sore because I, I did like half an hour of tough, tough, like fight, intense fight. So actually this morning I trained with my students. <laughs> I trained, yeah, I trained Batista, Jonathan, um, Andy Murasaki, Rafael Mansour, and Mateos. So... But then uh, Batista, they're going to Barcelona. 
they'll be doing a super fight in two weeks. So I was there like to help them. Nice. So it was good. I, I know someone who's probably more sore than you, and that's Felipe Pena. He took a pretty a pretty hard throw uh, on the table yesterday. Can you you came out so aggressive, and I really like watching that style from you. Can you talk about what your approach was coming into the match? Yeah, you know, I'm always 100 percent focused. You know, uh, I love ADCC. I love the super fight. I love what I do. And you know when they call my name, I just I just focus so much, and I knew that I need to, you know, go hard. And I knew I was very well trained, physically, mentally, and spiritual. So I was I was ready, you know. And I say, you know what? Like when the refs say go, I'll go, and I'll just stop when I get my victory. And, and that's what happened. So I did that with everyone. You know, I did that. And all, like, since, like, I won, I beat uh, Popovich in the finals of 2011. Um, I did that against Braulio. I did that not so intense against Braulio, but it was, like, the same with Cyborg and Calazans and now it's Felipe. So that's, that's like, uh, the way that I like to fight. And, you know, I... He was ready, like to fight. Forty minutes. He was saying that in his interviews. But forty minutes in what intensity? You know, so there's different intensities. You know, so I say, you know what? Let me put this up high intensity and see if he can be there for forty minutes with me. You know, and I, I, I think like the first first five minutes, he was already tired, like more tired than me. But I took him down very early too, so I think I helped him, like take him down like so early, because there's no point in the beginning of the fight. So I think he was kind of like recovering because he lost to play guard. He has a really good guard, so I think I should just, you know, end fight a little bit more and then uh, take him down when the time of the point starts. But I, you know, I I don't like to do boring fights because all the all the finals, I'm not saying like all, but most of the finals, they, they're not very entertaining. It's like, you know, because you cannot pull guard and people, they don't have like much wrestling. And then sometimes they just like keep like head to head, hand to hand. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like boring to watch. I say, you know what? Let's bring the game and let's start. Let's do it. And I was born for this and let's go. So I did it and thank God it worked. How important is wrestling in ADCC? Because I I feel like we do see that when you see two jujitsu competitors who don't have real good wrestling, they will hand fight and kind of head fight and you know collar tie, but nobody really does anything. Whereas yeah. the the folks that are starting to do really well in ADCC, obviously yourself included, seem to have really good wrestling. Yeah, it's very important to have wrestling. Uh, Inogi, um, I believe like anything will, will turn into wrestling. When you try to sweep, you come up, it will become a single leg. It will become a body lock, you know? You need to know how to finish. You know, if you know how to run a pipe, if you know how to finish a single leg, a double leg, body lock, it's going to be hard for you to sweep. 
you know, and, and standing is the same thing. But the problem is, like, a lot of people, they don't shoot because they're afraid to get guillotined or they're afraid to get stuck in the headlock. Because in jiu-jitsu, it's not like wrestling, where you shoot, and then they have a time to shoot, and then the wrestler will say, stop, and then stand up again, and then go again. So it's like, it's one, it's one big fight. So the fight starts. No matter what happens, just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, you know? So the problem is that sometimes, you know, not sometimes, but you wrestle, you have three minute rounds, two minute rounds. In the agency, you can fight for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So you cannot, you cannot keep up the same intensity for 20 minutes. You know, it's different. The, the exposure is different. So, but a lot of people, they, they do wrestling, but I don't think like everyone learned wrestling, you know? Interesting. And they learn a little bit. It's hard to learn, you know, it's hard. To, to find a good coach, to find uh, someone that understands jiu-jitsu, the jiu-jitsu mindset. And thank God I have Coach Fred here. He's an amazing coach, and he trains jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt jiu-jitsu. He competes jiu-jitsu, so he understands the mindset of the jiu-jitsu competition. That helps a lot. So he gave us, he gives us the, the proper takedown to, you know, so you can be able to to success, to succeed when you when you uh, shoot for those type of takedowns that he teaches, and so he understands what can happen. And you know, I think um, since I won my agency in two thousand eleven double gold, I think people started looking. They saw that I improved a lot in wrestling. They're like, man, Andre Golvo like has a as a as wrestling right now. Do you see how he improved his wrestling? Because if you see my fights in 2007, 2009, and then you see 2011, it's a big difference, you yeah. know? Uh-huh. So I, I took down great wrestlers, and they're like, man, wrestling, wrestling was the key. And that's when everybody started, like, doing wrestling. I think I helped a little bit, like, um, open their mindset or uh, the heart of the fighters to learn more wrestling in order to to um, win ADCC titles, you know? Uh, absolutely. Specifically, you, you made an interesting point about a lot of people, um, you know, they try to do wrestling, but they don't really understand wrestling. And, and you do see that yeah. where, you know, someone can train like a double leg or a single leg and, you know, they train them over and over. They're, they're pretty good at them. But then what comes next? Like what went, what do you do when that doesn't work? And then there's fear there. And especially for jujitsu people, they're like, yeah, yeah I don't think I want to do that now. You, you yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't want to hesitate, you know? Yeah. And plus, a lot of people, they train wrestlers. They train wrestling against jiu-jitsu fighters. You know, let's say they have the coach, but they're like, they wrestle against uh, another jiu-jitsu fighter. Yeah. So the reactions, they drill with another jiu-jitsu fighter. So the reactions are not the same, you know? It's it's similar to doing judo with a jiu-jitsu fighter. Where you're, you know, yeah. it's it's different. It's slightly different. It's not quite the same. Yeah, exactly. It's very you know, it's, it's wrestling still, but it's a wrestling for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, and I think I had like different coaches before. But since 2013, I was with Coach Fred. And a lot of the coaches, like, they always have something that 
I see that like either is like ego, you know, because they don't want to understand or learn jujitsu, or either they they just like want to show as much as they can so they can show you that they know a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. Or sometimes, like they don't show the basics; they just show the fancy stuff. You know, I think you need to have a balance. You know, and 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 I'm blessed to have uh, Coach Fred. He has such a knowledge in in wrestling, and I learn a lot. And I'm now I study wrestling, I study wrestling, and I I learn from what I see because now kind of like I can I can say like I'm a purple belly wrestler, you know. So compare like to all the all American wrestlers, like NCAA, I'm like purple belt level for those guys. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even that level yet. Yeah. But I know that I can improve, improve, improve. So uh, I feel like that way. And now I kind of like when I watch wrestling, I I understand what is wrestling, and I understand like I understand I can learn a technique just watching because interesting. Yeah. That I have. And and it takes you a while to develop that on the jujitsu side because I remember just starting to train jujitsu. I could watch people do jujitsu and I didn't know what they were doing. I couldn't. I, I yeah. couldn't learn. I couldn't identify things. And I feel that way with wrestling. Like when I watch wrestling, I understand some wrestling, but there's a lot of there's a lot of details in the footwork, in the grip exchange, and the setups that I'm missing. I don't see. And it's interesting that you say that you're at the place now where you could watch it and you could learn from watching it. I I understand that on the jujitsu side. That's a very yeah. uh, insightful comment there. Yeah, for sure because. You gotta pay attention to all the details, you know, where is their head, you know, where is their chin turned towards, you know, like which side, like if they grab in the knee or they grab it right below the butt, you know, if the ankle pick, how they get the ankle pick, but how, how much pressure they put in their head, but it, you know, you need to, there's a lot, you know, so. Sure. And like I say, I'm not like a, like a high level wrestler, you know, I respect all the wrestlers. I respect all coaches, you know. Yeah. But you need to know how to, you know, to have a good, uh, a good knowledge in a way that you know how to teach, you know, how to demonstrate, you know, a technique to someone in order to make them learn and and understand and apply the technique during the fight. That's the hardest part. And Coach Fred, he trains he trained wrestling since he's five years old. So he has a lot of knowledge. Can you talk a little bit about Felipe Pena coming into the fight last night? Did you think you surprised him with the level of intensity you brought? Or do you think that you caught him off guard with it? I think so. I think I got him off guard. I think I think he was waiting for me like to just wait, 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 be like fighting like a little bit more mellow, you know, wait, wait, he had to have, grab his hand and wait, 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 you know. I think it was, I think that's what he thought. I don't think he was ready for for the fire that I bring in the fight. What was he saying? I'm sorry, what was he saying when, because if you watch the takedowns, the thing about ADCC is this, is that, and you know this, you, you're you're a champion there. That when the when the fights go out 
off the mat area, they often let them continue for some time. Like they kind of let the position work itself out. And last night when you were going for the takedown um, and, you know, Felipe ended up hitting the table, I, it didn't look like you intentionally did that to me. It looked like you didn't even see the table was coming. You guys are, there's a lot of weight there, man. You guys are like two giant beasts out in the wild, like clashing with each other. When, when rams hit horns together, you know, that's, that's what it looks like when you're watching at home. There's a lot of dynamic power being gem- generated. Felipe crashes yeah. onto the table. What was he saying? Was he saying that his rib was hurt? Was he just complaining that he was out of bounds? Did he say anything? Yeah. Yeah, when I shoot on his leg, he wasn't even close to the to the warning area, you know, or the the yeah the the warning area and like the area, the black spot, the black line. Yeah. So he yeah. wasn't even there. He was a little bit more in the middle. But when I start, I start running, and then he end up like with a technique outside because, you know, the table is too close to the mat. I think like they should have a little bit more of like mat outside of the warning area. Yeah. Because once, yeah. like, the line is over, like, starting the floor. You know, like, and I think they should have a little bit more, like, maybe two or three more mats, uh, you know, after the line. But after the mats, is like, the flooring. So, when I went there, the table was right there. And as soon as I took it down, definitely, like, I saw his body, like, hitting the table. You know, I saw that. He definitely hit hard. But it wasn't my intention, you know. I just, I just, like, did a, a black double, you know. And, and you need to run through the through the opponent. My intention wasn't, like, to finish the takedown outside. My intention was to finish the takedown inside. But because it was defending, like, we went outside. And like you said, in ADCC, when the fight goes out, you keep going. But as soon as he hit the table, I saw that he hurt, I just like, I say, oh, you know what? The referee didn't say stop because I could keep going if I want. But I just stopped myself because I, I knew that he hit, he hit the, the, the body on, on the table. I don't know how much he hurt, but he did it. Yeah, he was, he was, he was kind of um, indicating to the ref that, you know, he was pulling touching his ribs and pointing to him and and he kind of did that for the rest of the match but it just looked to me like you know watching from home like he was just tired and you didn't get tired you kept the intensity up and it it seemed like you wore him down from it yeah it could be like you know he he probably was using that to try to breathe and rest like he asked for um medical care um like as soon as they hit, they came, they checked him, and then they, they, they left. And then he started asking the ref again, and the ref said, no, now you can have only one time. If you ask again, you got to stop the fight. And then he's just like, okay, just keep going, you know. Did you but probably, it, can, it, can be, it could be, he either like got hurt, or he was trying to use that to, to rest. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would use it to rest. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you know, right. why not? A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people do that. In, in the in the gi, you can call the ref. Uh, you can call the doctor three times. A lot of people use that to rest, to breathe. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It, that was an interesting way. The way that uh, played out. Now, given that you know you had such an outstanding performance, you won. 
we have Gordon Ryan on the other side who wins the absolute and now he has you know the privilege or the the ability to have the super fight against you at the next ADCC is this something that you would like to do i think you two guys your two competitors have never really gone up against each other and i think everyone would like to see it how do you feel about that yeah, definitely that would be an amazing fight but i was planning to have this fight as my last fight you know because I want to enjoy more of my life, my my daughter. Not that I don't enjoy my life. <laughs> you know, when you are gotcha. when you are, yeah, when you are on camp, like you need to do diet. Yeah, you need to rest. You need to sleep early. You need to like eat the right food. You kind of like become a little bit like a, a alien. You know, if those around you is not with the same purpose, you know. Yeah, so they all eat cake, and you like eating. Vegetables. <laughs> Eating rice. They're all like they're all drinking <laughs> and you're like drinking water. You know, they all you know, like you you become a island uh, alien. You know, they all like sleeping late, you sleep early. You know, or even though like when it's like a fight week, you you, you, you change your mood, you change your mold, uh, the way you you think, you, you become like quiet. People like want to know if everything is okay with you, but you're just like in the fight mode, in the fight mood, and you know, like I just I'm doing that for so long. I can do like more time for sure, but I'll talk with the ADCC commission and and I'll see what we can do uh, to make that happen. You know, or if that happens, you know. Would Would you be interested if maybe you didn't want to wait? for the whole time to elapse, would you, would you consider having a super fight with him or anyone else? Like, I don't know, like at the end of the year or early next year, would that be something you'd be down to do? Um, I can't answer right now. It's very, I don't, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say sure. no. I understand. I just, I just want to keep, uh, you know, definitely like I didn't think too much about that. I'm not worried about that right now. There's two years to think, you know. <laughs> you just uh, won last night, and I'm trying to get your yeah, next I fight. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to. I just want to enjoy the moment right now and enjoy <laughs> the time. And and if that happens, it will happen. And you guys do know. I want to see you fight everybody, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, any thoughts on just, man, you've been in the jiu-jitsu world for a long time. And at ADCC this year, we saw two really young competitors in uh, Nikki Ryan and Ty Rotulo, right? How how yeah. how interesting is it to you to see guys who are so young competing at such a high level now? Man, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's like the level of the sport. I believe like nowadays, the juveniles, they... They have the same skills as the black belt because all the the social media or all the technology that we have, so there's tremendous amount of techniques, online techniques, you know, skills that you can learn, researches, and all these things like the sports still still evolves, is evolving still, and that's why those kids are getting so good, you know. And, you know, Ty is training with me for the last uh, two years and a half. Man, it's amazing to see him, like, growing up and doing that, you know. So he did amazing, man. Definitely, like, he was 
the performance or maybe the fighter of the event, let's say, you know, for me, in my opinion. Because he's such a young guy. He's a juvenile one still. Like, next year is going to be juvenile two. Wow. He's not even adult next year. Jeez. It's amazing. He's the youngest ever, you know, and he went to the bronze medal match, you know, and he did well against Miao. He did well against uh, the guy that went to the finals, Kennedy. Yeah. He, did, he beat, like, two great black belts from Athos. And, and how old is Kennedy? Boxing. Kennedy's not very old either, right? Uh, I think Kennedy probably is like 20 years old. I think it was like 21. Okay. Something so he, like he's a young adult. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nick is, I think he's like 19 right now. Wow. You know, or well, maybe like 18, 19, something like that. But Ty is like, he just turned 16. So, so when I when I see guys like Ty this young, and I see it just at local tournaments, you see the level of jujitsu so high for the juveniles, and even some of the kids that are like twelve years old, they're so good at jujitsu. And then, yeah. so I mean, do you think jujitsu's watered down, or do you think that there's just more people doing it? There's more kids doing it. There's more people competing it. There's more people practicing jiu-jitsu, there's more coach, there are more information, you know. The sport is growing. And I believe, like, the federation will will allow to, you know, to promote those kids, like, faster to black belt, I think. They should. You think the time's going to get cut? Yeah. I think the juveniles should be at least purple belt in the second year. You know? So they, they go juvenile one, blue belt. If they train since they're like 10, they should be like either like blue, you know, and, or purple if they, they're juvenile too. In the second year of juvenile, they should they should have like before, a long time ago, we used to have juvenile purple belt, but not anymore. But I think uh, if they are top three in the world, let's say if they're top five, they should become a uh, purple belt in the the second year of juvenile. I think the IBJF should think about that. Yeah, because, because think with me, some of those kids they let say Ty Rutolo, he trained, he started training when he was like three years old. Now he's sixteen years old. He trains it for like thirteen years. It's crazy. So he trains for more than a lot of black belts out there. Mm-hmm. You know, he trained. He trained. He trained with really good coaches, you know, like he trained with Hafe and Guy for, for like five years or, or four years. Now he's there training with me like for the last two years and a half, you know, and, and, you know, like he knows a lot. They know a lot of shit and they have, they have like both of them, right? Ty and Kate, the brothers, they have, uh, Jiu-Jitsu where they, they, they are creative right now. They, they're evolving techniques. They, they see things that they can do according to their body type. They discover new techniques. They go, hey, professor, check this out. What do you think about this? <laughs> oh, like, dang, this is awesome. Let's practice this, you know? So they are they are creative. So they, for me, they are like black belts, but they cannot wear the black belt, you know? Yeah. Because- and I cannot promote them to black belt. You know, and I think you know you don't have to. And they prove that they prove that at ADCC. Absolutely, right? and 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 without naming names, I'm sure 
that both of those guys could tap out lots of black belts. I know if I went down there right now with my black belt on, they'd tap me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every round. <laughs> no, definitely. They, they, they're, they're amazing. Plus, like, they all, they're very explosive. They have a lot of cardio. Like, they can roll for hours and hours and hours without even sweat. They're kids. You know? I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes they say, man, like, it was hard to make Tyler like, make the weight because he doesn't sweat, man. You know, like, <laughs> he just, he trains, like, for two hours so intense, and he doesn't break a sweat. Wow. Because he's so young. And, man, those kids that grow up, you can tell by their body type. Yeah. They, I believe they're going to be, like, 205, man. I would be like 205. They're going to be big. Yeah, you can tell that they, they haven't even started to really fill into the body yet, man. Yeah. I tell them, hey, you guys are, uh, you guys are baby horse. You know? <laughs> Ponies. So like long, long limbs and small body, you know? <laughs> That's outstanding. You guys will become like, you guys will become like, like, for your horse, you guys will be like so big. They're like, no, really, Professor. We don't want to be too big. I'm like, man, you guys are big. They you guys want, are taller than me already. You know, they want to be Come little on. like the Mendez brothers. <laughs> they want to be small yeah, guys. But, but, but actually, there'll be, I think, the generation of like heavyweights that can scramble like a like a lightweight. You know? What yeah, I mean? we're starting to see more of that too. Oh yeah, like kind of Duarte. You know? Yeah, kind of. He plays like a like a featherweight. You know? Yeah, really exciting to watch him. Hey, real real quick, I I know you got a lot going on today, but I I, I did want to ask you before we jump off. Outside of of you know potentially maybe coming coming uh, up for a match against Gordon Ryan or someone else in the future. Outside of that, what what are you looking forward to? Like, what are you working on? Uh, what does the future hold for Andre Galval? Uh, you know, the future is bright. You know, uh, as my pastor always say, the the end with with God is way better than the beginning. You know, <laughs> so it's always better and better and better and better. I feel like really blessed, and and I can't wait for for the future. Um, I'm working really hard every single day. I'm a businessman. I have a lot of projects, right? Um, I'll be working on my school. I'll be working for my students. I want to be a great coach. I think I'm doing a really good job as a coach as well. I'm doing a really good job as a leader as well. As you can see, even though I was fighting the super fight, I was there coaching the day before. But the day of the fight, I have I have like a team of students that were supporting and coaching all the other athletes. The name of this leadership, you know, I believe and I trust in those that are around me. So I want to build leaders. I want to, I want to become a great leader. I want to become a great coach. And I know my career as a coach will be longer than my career as an athlete. You know, this is just the beginning of a long journey. I think you are absolutely correct. And I am definitely looking forward to seeing what you can do. Um, as a 100% dedicated coach where you're just focusing on the students because you're, you're an amazing athlete, Andre. You've been super entertaining and fun to watch over the years. And the guys that you're bringing up, 
at Atos Jiu-Jitsu down there in San Diego are killers, man. And they're so much fun to watch. And I, and I have just a real quick story before we go. I have an old training partner named Tony who's up from this area, and he's moved down to San Diego. He's been training with you guys uh, for quite a while now. And when he comes up and trains with me now, he murders me, dude. He kills me. <laughs> he passes my guard so good. And I tell him, dude, you got that Atos guard passing now. I can't stop you. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Like we have a we have a great instruction here, great instructors, great facility. You know, um, it's amazing. I'm super happy and satisfied uh, with all we we got until now. But I know working hard and focusing the in the things that we need to focus in the things that we need to improve, we can be better. You know, always. There's always a gap to improve. I believe that. And we will improve and we just want to do our best. You know, I'm here like to do my best. I'm here to, to, to show everyone that everything is possible when you, when you put effort, focus and discipline, you know, so I'm, I'm super pumped and happy. And thank you so much for, for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much for the, for the kind words, you know, about the school and my students. And I would like here to uh, to congratulate all my students for the amazing performance at ADCC. Uh, we placed in every single weight division, every single weight division. Uh, in the women's division, we had Bia uh, Basilio winning the gold. Uh, she represents Astros in Brazil with the Almeida's brothers. Kai Almeida is there, my student. Uh, and also... Uh, the wife of Diogo Almeida, which is a guy that we have there, one of my students that represents uh, Atos in Brazil. She got second place in the over 60 kilos against uh, Gabi Garcia in the finals, you know. And the 66 kilos, the male division, we have the Rutolo, Ty Rutolo. Unfortunately, he didn't get the medal, but he displayed like such amazing yeah. jiu <laughs> showing the future of Atos right there. Uh, he was part of our kids' program, and now he's part of uh, the adult program, the juvenile program we have here. It's amazing. 77 kilos, JT Torres got the gold. Um, he didn't train here with us, but I guided him throughout the camp. I was having meetings and FaceTime with him every single week to talk about the training, the way we train Try to pass him everything that we learned here and everything that we're doing here. He was doing that in New York with his students and it worked, you know, again. Uh, and the 88 kilos we had, Josh Hinger that displayed like amazing jiu-jitsu and he got the bronze medal. And then we had, in the 99 kilos, we had Lucas Barbosa that got the third place as well, bronze medal. He did amazing. Unfortunately, like the 99 kilos is not his weight division. He tried to gain a lot of weight to be like, you know, the same size and strength of those guys. But um, it didn't work in this year, but I know he's going to be well prepared for the next year. And he'll be like a the champ one day. Uh, and also uh, the over 99, we got like Kaina Duarte that did amazing and won, you know, won the ADCC over 99 kilos, even though he weighed only 94 kilos, you know, he was way below and he defeated two ADCC champions, two two-time ADCC champions 
he beat uh, Yuri Simoy and Bushishin, you know, so he did amazing. Kaina, it's phenomenal. And I would like to just congratulate all the competitors, right? They went there, all the students for the respect, all my athletes, all the coaches also that went there, you know, and, and, and gave their heart. All the people that support us, our family, you know. Uh, so I'm very blessed and I'm so pumped and I'm so happy for for what we have here and what we build here in San Diego, California. And I would like to thank God too for for the wisdom, for the knowledge, for the health and for the life, for everything that he gave me, you know, and the family that I have here in San Diego, California. So I appreciate that team. Thank you so much for, for this podcast. Yes, sir. Hey, Andre, thank you very much. And congratulations to you once again. You did outstanding. Uh, and I'll let you get back to uh, resting a little bit. And who knows, you'll probably go train tonight. You seem like that kind of a guy. But thank you so much, Andre. I hope you have a good one, man. Thank you. Tonight, tonight, you're going to have a barbecue here. Oh, that's nice. You deserve it, man. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a barbecue at the gym. It's going to be awesome. That's outstanding. Okay, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Thank you, brother. All right, Take bye. care. Bye. Andre Galval, ladies and gentlemen, maybe, maybe, maybe top, top five all time. How, how do you say no? Can you say no? You can't say no. If you say no, you're a liar. Andre Galval's definitely one, one of, if not the best of all time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Inside BJJ Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Subscribe and tell your friends. And welcome back to the Inside BJJ Podcast. I'm joined on the line with Max Roshkoff. Max, how you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Super excited to be on here and uh, talk with you. It's a pleasure to have you on. I've really been enjoying watching you on the Shugio Invitational, man. Yeah, man. Uh, the the way they did it and the format of everything. So, like everything besides like the full matches they put out. It's like uh, I don't have an exciting style anyway. But especially with like all, all the behind of the scenes stuff and the interviews, like I think it's really cool that they kind of like show our personalities and everything. And with mine, it's kind of like either love me or you hate me. So it's kind of <laughs> pretty open about stuff. So you, you, you know uh, what? I, I like your personality, man, because I, I feel like there's a lot of dudes in the grappling and especially in the jujitsu world that don't show any personality at all. Yeah. And let's face it. It's an amateur sport. It's trying to grow and it is growing and we're seeing more interest and we're seeing more investment, but spectators want to see people with personalities and stories and, and something to say, not just, I love everybody. Everything's great. Like, okay. You know what, you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, man. Uh, jujitsu and wrestling both are the same in that aspect. Like everyone, when they give interviews, it's just like, I train two, three times a day. I work hard. I eat right. I sleep right. I broke up with all my girlfriends so I can work harder. Like all that stuff. It's like super boring. And it's just like regurgitated. And a lot of the guys that say this stuff is like, it's all the same. Like they're lying about it. Like they're not really like that. They actually have big personalities. They just don't show it. 
And I think it's super important to be, like, if you're really like that, if you're really just like a square potato and you have like no personality, then don't show it. Don't try to be like that. But I think you just should be yourself. The same way you talk with your buddies in the locker room or however, like that should be like the same person that you show to the public. And uh, that's what I try to do. Yeah. I think that the public's craving that at the same time and our, you know, in general, people's bullshit detectors are, they're tuned up pretty sharp, man. So if you start trying to act like you're something you're not and people get a whiff of that, Ooh, you know, not good for you. Yeah. And all it takes with that is like one person that actually knows you to come out and be like, yeah, you're not actually like that. (laughs) That guy's a dick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so, Hey man, we got the finals coming up for Shugio. It is, uh, yourself and you're going up against Nathan Orchard. And, and I, and I have to say, you know, Nathan Orchard's been looking really good lately. And I know th- the episode hasn't aired yet. I don't know what's happened. And I, I definitely don't want anything to be given away, but damn, you know, he looks really good. You yourself are, you know, on a nice run on this episode or on this show, this season, we should say, how are you feeling going into the finals? I think it's super interesting between uh, me and Nathan because we're two of the bigger guys in the tournament. And then also, like, besides the my first match where I got with, like, 16 minutes into it, I lose one position and I get caught in a submission. But besides, like, that 10, 15 seconds, I was dominating almost the whole match. I wasn't in danger at any point. So that was, like, the only, like, real vulnerability I think I show in the whole tournament. And then he didn't show, I mean, he's shown a little bit, but he's still able to come out on top and get the subs even after he loses position. And maybe he looks like he may be getting caught in something or something like that. But I think we both um, showed that we were probably more the uh, the more uh, dominant guys in each bracket. So I think it's the right, the, uh, the right matchup or the, the right people made it to the finals. It wasn't like, something uh, lucky or unlucky happened. Yeah. And I think the way that the format is given that all the matches took place, you know, relatively close to each other, it's a pretty accurate depiction of who, who's the better athlete at that particular time, especially cause you guys are going round Robin. You're, you're all fighting. Yeah. You're all fighting the same guys. You're getting the same opportunities, uh, you know, and it get it. Yeah. And sometimes for some people, I, I would imagine the more seasoned competitors get, this is less of an issue. But some people, they got to kind of get out there and get get pushed around a little bit, get slapped around a little bit before they wake up. And they're like, okay, man, I'm in this. Like, I got five more fucking matches. I got to get my shit together. You know, the, the, there's some of that. And I think the round robin tournaments really, really help guys that kind of, you know, maybe suffer from that inability to, like, come into a match ready, you know? Yeah, I do. I do. I do agree with you. I think it's more of the less season people that are like that. Like I do know, like I know I need to warm up like super hard before I compete. And actually before the studio tournament, I like didn't warm up at all. And so like the first match I felt like I, at first I felt like I was going to be a little slow, but I really wasn't all that slow. I think I felt really good. I just didn't, uh, just didn't come out with the win on the first one, but then after the my my next two, I felt super good. Why did Why did you come into it not warmed up? Was there a particular reason? Because and the reason I ask is, 
a, a real common thing you see with high level competitors and, and you know, you've spent a lot of years wrestling yourself and you start looking into your background is they have very common warm up routines that they that that they repeat. You know, every time they compete yeah. and they come in pretty ready and to get kind of thrown off that, that's kind of, kind of mess with you a little bit. Is there a reason why you weren't warmed up or ready? Uh, it's not that I wasn't ready. I just wasn't like normally when I warm up, it's cause now I fight MMA professionally. And like, so now when I compete, it's going to be for 15 minutes at the max or 25 is going to be a title fight, but I haven't done that yet. And then, uh, but I know exactly when I'm going to go on. And I know that I'm only going to, I'm not going to be competing for that long. And so I need to get like really warmed up. So I'm feeling strong, explosive and stuff. But like, because it was a tournament that I didn't know how long the day was going to be. And I didn't know when my first match was going to be. And I didn't know things like that. And like, it kind of threw me off my routine. And then as far as like jujitsu and wrestling still for me now, it's like, it's more for practice more than anything. Because right now my main focus is my professional MMA career. So I'm not like, I didn't go into the studio tournament like, oh my God, I have to win this. I have to beat these guys. So I'm like possibly ranked in the world in full grappling. And I'm like, I'm looking at ADCC. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to start to do seminars. Like I'm not like, like jujitsu is not what I do. It's just like more for practice for me. Let's, let's. So- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's interesting what you're saying, and the reason I'm I'm interested in it is I feel like that's a big problem in the jujitsu world in general. The inability to separate practice from like competition, like this is what, and I get what you're saying. You're saying like MMA is your thing; that's your competition. MMA is, and all these other things are just you kind of getting ready for MMA or getting yourself more prepared for it. And, you know, in the jujitsu world, like, you know, I run a, I run a school up here in Stockton. And one of the common things I see is people that can't differentiate between, Hey, we're training in class right now doing rounds versus, Hey, this is a tournament over here. And like this idea that they can never lose a round, never lose a tap, never lose a session. It's insane. And I think it ends up, you know, messing you up in the long run in terms of your progress. Oh, I, I agree completely. And I, I mentioned it actually a lot um, during the interview processes, during my matches and stuff. I was like very open about like being, I think in my, all of my matches, I was the more aggressive guy. And I think that, especially in the Keith match, like I attacked, I attacked, I attacked. And then by the time he got an attack off, I'm like dead ass tired. And couldn't defend the way I should have when if I maybe would have played a smarter game, I wouldn't have maybe, maybe the match wouldn't have been as hard. It would have went more my way if I wasn't as aggressive attacking as much as I was, but that's like how for me it's practice. And so I'm just trying to get better. And then the, my high attack rate kind of helped me with my other two matches where I'm trying to get in there and I'm finishing fast. And that's why I made it to the finals. But, uh, I think if you're being more aggressive, you're also open more to getting tapped more, right? So I think you should have that more. I think you should be more aggressive in practice in general, like what you're saying. Or But then you also, when it's time to compete, depending on the rule set, depending on who you're competing against, you might want to be more relaxed. You might need to be more tactical, um, more aggressive, less aggressive. It just kind of depends. Um, I know Coach Drysdale always t- tells me that I, I need to 
um, compete in practice as close as I possibly can to how I'm going to compete in training in general. So like right now me and him are working on a lot of like more finishing and less, um, like passing and less controlling positions, less controlling the back. Cause that's what I'm naturally very good at. So like now I'm like, sometimes I'll give up position if I'm trying to attack a submission from top or stuff like that. But I do think you need to compete the same way that you're going to, um, roll when it's time to get ready for a competition. Right. It's like you go in cycles. Sure. Like you're not always going to train. You're not always going to train for, like super aggressive all the time. And then when it's time, like maybe we're going to do an ADCC camp for four weeks, you're going to get ready to how you're going to compete for that tournament specifically. But I think in general, being like more aggressive is going to get you better in the long run. How did it work for you in your, in your many years of, of wrestling in terms of like, how was a wrestling practice conducted? Obviously when you're competing for a spot on the team, it's a little bit different, but I would imagine once you're kind of a starter on the team, how does a practice work? Are you working only on your strengths? Are you getting beat in practice? So my, my college wrestling career was a little weird. So I had like, uh, I tore my labor my freshman year in my shoulder and so my shoulder was like constantly dislocating and stuff like that. So that made it like really hard, but I was still able to compete at a high level and stuff, but I didn't make it like really hard. But yeah, like in practice, like coach, if I, if I got, if I gave up a takedown my first couple of years of practice, my coach was like scream, like go bad shit crazy. And I was just like, so I always got like in my head, I'm like, okay, now I got to be super defensive and make sure I'm never score. I'm never getting scored on. I'm never giving up points and stuff like that. And I think that turned me into more of a defensive, um, like counter wrestler. And then when it comes to like wrestling, like it's really like, you can only do so good if you're just a pure counter guy. And so I don't think I did as good as I probably should have been if I would have been more aggressive in my um, offense and wrestling. Cause I didn't really have the best offense in wrestling. But uh, I think I kind of got that because my coach is always telling me you should never give up points. You should never give up points. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But then I'm not really working on the things that I really need to work on to get better. Interesting. Yeah, it, for sure. It it does. How has that served you, that counter-wrestling style, in in a submission grappling match where, you know, the the reality of getting taken down, especially if there's no points, isn't that big of a deal. You know, somebody gets a double leg on you, big deal. There's no points. Do you find yourself over defending or do you find yourself being able to calibrate it? I find myself being able to counter more, especially, uh, like attacking the leg down, like gate teams and Darcy's after I had box and stuff. Cause like if someone shoots on that, I don't really sprawl. I always say, uh, I joke around the gym and say sprawling, stalling. Like you might as well just start countering and defending something or attacking something. But uh, it's funny because when I was wrestling in college, I was ranked like fourth or fifth in the country at the time, and like people thought I was like just a jujitsu guy that wrestled <laughs> because like my style was like super weird. But uh, I'd only been doing jujitsu for a little bit at that point, though, so like it wasn't really like I was just always like a weirder style wrestler. I didn't really know jujitsu yet. What was what was your coach's opinion of you doing jujitsu? Did you do jujitsu at the same time you were competing in college? Yeah, so like I was boxing and doing um, jujitsu in the summers when I was wrestling in college because I sat down with my coaches and the plan was always to turn pro and fight in May when I was done. So I started training 
I was training to fight MMA for five, four or five years before I started, before I actually turned pro. Was there any pushback from your wrestling coaches? It, were they worried, like, hey, Jiu-Jitsu is going to give you some bad habits for wrestling? Oh, no. Not, uh, not my coaches. My coaches were pretty open about it, uh, open to me doing it. And then it was also, like, they were seeing it long-term for me because they knew, and I kind of helped explain. I just talked to them about it. I was like, hey, like, wrestling in college is, like, losing me money. And, like, I'm trying to fight and be an athlete. <laughs> longer right. than just my college career is going to be. Yeah. And so like, this is what I'm going to do professionally. So like, I think they would have been stupid to say like, no, you shouldn't be doing jujitsu. You should just be wrestling. Like you should only think about what you're doing right now. And they were actually thinking about what I needed to be getting ready to do yeah. when my wrestling career was over. They were actually good, good coaches. That's what a good coach yeah. will do. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you feel like, and you know, I mean, I'm, really intrigued by your answers here because you have so much experience in the wrestling world. Do you feel like wrestlers respect jujitsu, at least at the college level? Obviously there's some guys that do both or what's the attitude towards it? Cause I hear some jujitsu guys like kind of diss on wrestling. And then I hear other jujitsu guys go like, fuck wrestlers are pretty damn dope. Like my experience was yeah. every wrestler I ever trained with, I always admired them and I wished that I was as tough as they were. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so, um, I think me and, uh, so Drysdale is actually probably going to have me on his podcast. Cause, uh, and we're, we're actually going to talk about this probably the whole time is, uh, it's like a competition almost like, so, cause I've been on, I've been on both sides now, I've competed at a high level in jiu-jitsu and wrestling both. And I see, like a lot of the jujitsu guys like hate the wrestlers and a lot of the wrestlers hate the jujitsu guys. And like wrestlers think jujitsu works better. I mean, wrestlers think wrestling works better and jujitsu guys think jujitsu works better in terms of like an actual fight or like which one's more effective and stuff like that. And I, I don't look at it like that anymore. I look at it as it's all the same. Like it's just grappling. Yeah. And they need to be combined together and work together. And I think a lot of people just don't see that. Like I was always, I'm getting in like Twitter arguments right now with like flow grappling. I mean, flow wrestling, like flow wrestling, like tweeted something about like Nikki Ryan saying how wrestling's awful and he hates it and stuff. And like, they're using that as an argument why wrestling's better than jujitsu. And I'm like, just because wrestling's more physically demanding does not mean a, a good wrestler isn't going to get tapped in 30 seconds by an average purple belt. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, that's just the reality. But, like, it's the same thing when I remember when I first started wrestling and first started doing jiu-jitsu. The first, I was already a high-level wrestler when I first started doing jiu-jitsu. You feel almost helpless at the beginning against someone good, right? So, like, a lot of these wrestlers or a lot of these jiu-jitsu guys that are talking smack on one or the other, if you go into the other world for a day, you're going to feel absolutely helpless it's a nightmare it's a nightmare exactly yeah I, for on both yes okay, but they don't understand that because they're both both sides are a little too arrogant to like do it yeah I, but it's a nightmare for both sides i definitely agree with you on that it, it's i think you're onto something because grappling is grappling and wrestling 
is what it is today because of the rule set. There's a specific rule set that says like you get points for this, you can win the match this way. So everybody trains to get the points and win the match that way. And jujitsu goes, Hey, no, for our rule set, you get points and you win this way. And judo goes, no, it's this way. And Sambo goes, no, it's this way. But ultimately it's, it's grappling. Like, okay, if you have yeah. the jacket on, yeah, there's some extra things you could do for sure, right? There's material, there's some tricky stuff, but you're still using all the principles of grappling. And to rule one out over the other is, it's absurd. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why I don't really look at it um, as separate things anymore. It's all it's all together, especially when my focus is now, it's just fighting MMA. It doesn't, all that, all the point scoring stuff doesn't matter. It's all used to control and finish. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's wrestling, jujitsu, judo, sambo. I always got irritated when a fighter would go, I'm going to go out and prove that jujitsu can be effective in MMA, you know? And it's like, that's already been proven. And it's been proven that wrestling can be effective and kickboxing can be effective and judo. That's all. And yeah. just being hella tough and crazy. Sometimes that's effective too. Not always, but sometimes, you know? So it, I think a real well-rounded martial artist is going to try to use whatever tool he can use in that particular situation, you, you know? And that's that's what the great fighters do. They find ways to win. Yeah, and especially so like in my fights and in training too. So like I always, it's always funny because normally it's someone's one or the other, right? They're either a wrestler or they're a jiu-jitsu guy. And so, like, now, and even when I compete, uh, when I compete now, like, if I'm going up against a wrestler, I tend to use more jiu-jitsu stuff. And vice versa, if I'm going up against uh, a jiu-jitsu guy, I tend to use more wrestling stuff. Yeah. Because it, they're not used to it, right? They're not used to those kinds of things. And so you should just find whatever is going to be the easiest way to beat that person. I think that's the, the, the economical way to win matches. I mean, it makes sense. It's frustrating when you see a guy get fixated on one way to win a match and end up losing because of it. And that's how like people will build game plans to beat you too. If you have only one style. Yeah. It's, it's not hard to build a game plan with your coach and practice it for a couple months or a couple weeks and, beat you not necessarily because they're better than you, but it's because they shut down your game and you don't have any other way to win. How does, what's, what's the plan for you MMA wise? Like, you know, how does this work? You decide you want to fight MMA and I don't want to speak for you, but I think for many young MMA, you know, athletes, people aspiring to, to make it as a professional fighter, make a career out of it they typically have their sights on the UFC, right? That's kind of like, man, that'd be dope to get a UFC contract and get in there and win a belt or be a real top ranked fighter. What's the path to get there? Like, do you sit down with your coaches and kind of plan it out? Or are you just taking one fight at a time? How do you navigate that? Given that there's so much fighting out there, there's fights all over the place. I feel like I could get a fight in two weeks if I really wanted, right? I could find some place somewhere that would sign me up to fight and, that's not what you want to do, right? You, you got to navigate this the right way. How do you figure that out now? So, uh, I'm under contract with uh, FFC. It's a promotion here in Vegas, here in Vegas. And they, uh, I was just taking fights one at a time and we weren't really mapping anything out, but I just bought a guy who was 
on the contender series, the UFC contender series in the summer. And he was nine and one in his last 10 had over 20 professional fights and it was only going to be my fourth fight. And I finished him with submission and under and like a little over a minute. Nice. And so they kind of looks good. And, uh, after that, when my manager and, uh, I guess my manager talked to Sean Shelby, who's the matchmaker for the UFC and said one, maybe two more and they're going to sign me. So I know that's like just talking and stuff, but, uh, that's kind of like what my sights are set on right now. Do do you feel like, which is, that's fucking amazing, by the way, Max, like I'm pulling for you for sure. Do you feel like you have to be in Vegas or does it help to be in Vegas uh, in terms of breaking into the fight world? Does it help to be right there where the UFC is? I think it helps, but uh, me and Rob were actually talking about it. Drysdale was just talking about it the other day. There really hasn't been anyone that's like been built in Vegas. Like as far as uh, someone that, gone from like zero to the champ in Vegas. Like a lot of people move there because they're already established. Right. Yeah. I think the only person he pointed out would have been a uh, Frank Mir, but Frank Mir is like ungodly talented. <laughs> definitely doesn't want to start for it. Like it doesn't count. He Cause he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we, we kind of give him shit at the gym about it. It's kind of funny. He knows it, but I feel like uh, if Frank wouldn't have got in the motorcycle accident, that you know it set him back for a while and you break your femur man that's like i think that's yeah. the largest bone in your body like people yeah. die from breaking their femurs like it's could fuck yeah. you up bad dude to come back from that and still be a top heavyweight damn dude he's still really good man he we we roll we he only comes in every once in a while but when we roll man like we go at it he's like he's damn near like he's almost 100 pounds heavier than me but Damn. he's like, he's still really good. He's still really good. Yeah. And he ain't going to give you shit. He just seems like the guy, the guy that's like, I'm not giving you anything, Max. <laughs> oh yeah. He is. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. Him and Rob are both like that. I've been shark tanked by guys who are like 80 pounds heavier than me. Ugh. And they don't, it's Rob. And if you know, do you know Marcelo Nunes? No, I don't know. So he, uh, he won world that I think like master one or something like that at heavyweight. And then so it's like him, Rob and, uh, one of our other heavyweight guys, they'll all shark tank me. And I'm like 170, 175. Dang. Yeah. Don't give me anything. Like it's actually terrible. That's how, 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 <laughs> how well do you think wrestling prepared you for those types, that type of training? I feel like wrestling just makes you, extra salty, man. Like jujitsu can make you tough. Like no disrespect, man. I love jujitsu. Jujitsu is the only kind of grappling I've pretty much ever done. Gi and no gi jujitsu, but I've always felt like the wrestlers were like a little tougher than the rest of us. Yeah. I think it's just because of like what I think it's the rule set that makes it like that because you can't allow things to happen. Like you just can't let someone like move you. Right. Where in jujitsu, it's like, sometimes you can just kind of like flow and like still win and get to your positions and stuff. But like wrestling is like, if you just can't let them do so many things to you. And so when it's like that and we're constantly just like grinding against each other and like constantly trying to move each other when each other don't want to move and fighting, fighting for position the whole time. And it's like, when you limit, the rules so much, like it, it gets harder and harder. Right. Cause I think Greco is actually the hardest, like the physically harder 
sport and wrestling. So there's wrestling, there's folk style, freestyle, and Greco. And Greco is like only upper body. Right. And when right. you lift what you do, it makes it so much harder. Yeah. Because there's only, there's only a few ways to win, right? And they already know what those ways to win are. And so it just like makes it physically like very hard. That that actually does make sense because the rule set's so so restrictive. Then the training's going to be so specialized and it's going to be so narrow yeah. that you know the margins are super duper fine in a sport like that. Whereas you're That's right, I- yeah, in jujitsu you can take several routes to getting where you're trying to go. That's what I was telling the uh, all the guys at Shuyo when we were there when we were up there, uh, they were asking me like, which one's harder, like jujitsu or MMA. And I'm like, 100% is jujitsu as far as like competition, because those guys like, because it's so specialized. Right. So I think boxing would be like a boxing match sounds harder than an MMA fight and a wrestling match is harder than an MMA fight sometimes because it's so specialized and the people that are doing it are so good at that one specific thing. Yeah what makes it harder that's but then it. when it's MMA, i can go and i'm fighting let's say i'm fighting someone that's just a striker and they suck balls at at grappling that's easy that's an easy fight right <laughs> right yeah it's so, like, it's like saying oh you're good at basketball well let's play baseball then <laughs> you know i'm yeah. gonna beat you at something else yeah you're you're right about that that's a interesting um way of of, of looking at it um at the same time how do you how do you feel circling back to Shugio? How do you feel about that particular format? And, and the reason I'm asking is I think this is the first time we've had a grappling event that has been released as almost like a season. It feels like if you're watching like MTV challenge or something, you know, like something along that that vein like survivor like a reality show almost for grapplers and it's very easy to watch as a spectator and as a fan it's very entertaining it's it's a super easy watch what is it like on the competitor side having to kind of go in and go through all those matches in the same day and not talk about it uh it wasn't like it wasn't really hard to not talk about it because, like, we signed NDAs, so like we legally can't. And then it's like they tell, at least on my end, like it wasn't hard. Um, I think it was just important too to all of us that we kept it everything a secret because we really wanted it to blow up when it does release. Well, sure. So like, why would like why would we like shoot ourselves in the foot and try to like tell people things when we're waiting for it to come out and we really want it to blow up? Right, right. Ruin it. Ruin your own surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, it was like the really, really laid back, relaxed environment though. Like everyone was hanging out and stuff like before the matches and like chilling. The only people that were there were the, uh, um, camera crew and us athletes. I'm not going to tell you who, but I think, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but this isn't like a resolve spoiler, but someone brought a Tinder day too. That shit was really funny. <laughs> a t- <laughs> I hope they release that. A Tinder date? If not, if they don't release, I'll talk more about it. But yeah, someone oh, brought a Tinder date oh, to the that, tournament. That needs to be at least on the bonus material, right? Yeah. The director's <laughs> cut. Come on, Phil Schwartz, <laughs> release the video. Damn it. I want to see the transcript. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, so that, 
funny. So there, so it was just super like chilled and laid back, relaxed. I think the environment that they created, they like, made it super easy to go out there and just like compete hard and not worry about anything else, you know? It comes across to the spectators as well. Like when I'm watching, my wife watches it. My kids have watched it a little bit, my teen. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's that vibe comes across and you feel like, Hey, these guys are doing something a little bit different. Like there's a lot of cool shit. There's combat jujitsu. There's Kasai. We got Polaris fight to win. Right. In terms of like the grappling world. And now Shugio, I feel like is making a name for itself and that it's, occupying a very particular space and that's it sounds kind of corny to say because i love jujitsu but it's like grappling entertainment you know what i mean yeah Yeah, no i agree completely i think that this format and the way they did it if it keeps i think it has more potential than everything else that's like all the other products that are out there right now because of the way it's done it's kind of like very ultimate fighter-ish Kind of, but it's also like you can always go back and watch it and it's going to be entertaining like the first, second, third time you watch it still as where it's like Polaris when it just matches over and over again or it's just like the 10 matches that they put on or whatever like that gets, I don't want to watch the same matches over and over again, but like the way they do the Shuyo episodes is they interview us, they talk about us, there's like a little storyline behind it. Uh, they get post match interviews, stuff like that behind the scenes, a little funny stuff where it's like more of a show that you can watch again and maybe catch something you didn't catch before. Everybody likes a story, you know, and if it's presented as a story, I'll watch that again. You know, I'll listen to the same story, but when it's just a journalistic reporting of events, eh, once you know it, once you know it. You know, there's no right. story in it in that sense. And I think you're right. The other thing too, like is a is a is a fan of jujitsu. Sometimes it's tricky. You're like, okay, I want to see this particular fight that happened at whatever, some event. And then you gotta load up the event, you gotta scroll through the event, you gotta find the fight. There's no context around it. It's just okay, and the next match is blah 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 and blah blah blah. Whereas when it's an episode, I can go like, Hey, I just wanna go see episode four. And that episode's presented, like you say, start to finish. There's a context built around it. There's some interviews. There's a story. Very easy to digest. It's very easy to watch. And so I'm I'm really excited for what those guys are doing. I can't wait to watch season two. I think, you know, I think this is something that definitely can get some traction. But I want to remind our listeners that the finale is coming up next week, and it's gonna be you, Max Roshkoff against Nate Orchard, and I'm super stoked to watch it. I mean, I'm a 10th Planet guy. I own 10th Planet Stockton, but I love fucking great jujitsu, and that's what you guys are bringing to the table, man. So, outstanding job on that. I can't wait to watch it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, no, it's definitely, uh, it's always, if you watch both my matches and Nathan's matches in both pools, we really didn't have any boring or unexciting matches. Both of us bring it, so definitely, uh, Go subscribe. Stay tuned for the final. Yep. Can't wait. Our listeners, you could check it out. Go to youtube.com slash Shugio. That's S-H-U-G-Y-O. You could also go to theshugio.com. You could check out Max. Is I, I think this is your Instagram. If it's not, you can correct it, but it's at maxingout155. And that's with two X's, M-A-X-X-I-N-G. 
out one five five. Is that correct, sir? Yep, and on Twitter I'm triple X. It's triple X uh, out. So it's maxing out triple X one five five. Brilliant. Instagram wouldn't let me do triple X. I was mad. Damn it! You're trying to. You can't tell him like I'm trying to brand myself, man. Jeez. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to have to write them a lengthy professional email about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> jump right on it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey man, uh, seriously, though, it's a pleasure to watch you. Uh, it's been a lot of fun checking out Shugio, and best of luck to you tonight. I know you got an event coming up tonight, so best of luck to you to that, and I can't wait to uh, see you in the cage soon, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Okay, Thanks for a- having me on. Right, you want, anytime you need someone on, I'm, I'm down. Excellent, dude. I will take you up on that for sure. Thanks, brother. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. Have a good one. And that is Max Roshkoff. Man, that guy's pretty dope, dude. Like, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect, only because I never talked to the guy. And he kind of, you know, the first episode of Shugio, he was kind of like, man, this guy's a little bit of a hard ass. Like, he's kind of like, this guy's got an attitude. But when you watch it, you're like, no, this guy's like... He's doing something. He's getting after it. And I really did uh, turn it around and, and, and enjoy watching him. So can't wait for that. Uh, what's going on? Hey, we're going to try to get Nate Orchard on the show um, in a little bit here. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Inside the BJJ. Right back. I'd like to remind you that today's show is brought to you by AK47 MMA. Check them out. Go to ak-47mma.com. It is the Bay Area's only brick-and-mortar fight shop. They have a strong online store with everything you need to get started. If you're a fighter, you like Muay Thai, you like karate, you like to box, you like jiu-jitsu, you like MMA, everything you need. We're talking jiu-jitsu gear, fight apparel, training gear, accessories, you name it. They have it. They got really great half sizes with their jiu-jitsu belts, boxing gloves, everything you need to get your gym started. And for Inside BJJ listeners, use the discount code InsideBJJ during checkout and save a whopping 15%. Check them out. Go to ak-47mma.com. And welcome back to the Inside BJJ Podcast. I'm joined on the line with 10th Planet Seattle Moonhead, Nate Orchard. How you doing, sir? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Ah, uh, dude, it's a pleasure to have you on. And you're you're one of the dudes I've never talked to. I don't think I've ever met you in person. I've seen a lot of your matches, and so uh, yeah. Strangely enough, we have not crossed paths yet. I'm sure it'll happen. Though. I went through Phil. I'm like, dude, you got to hit up Nate. I, I get the feeling though, man, that you you don't like to toot your own horn very much. Uh, I just like to live under my rock, you know, man. I just <laughs> kind of really kind of. They keep it keep it close to home and uh, kind of stay quiet. Just a few words, you know, Yeah, just kind of put your head down and get the job done, which you've been doing a, quite a good job at that lately. Um, it was a, 
a real fun time watching you at combat jujitsu and, and you got all oh, yeah. the way to the finals. And I was certain I was like, this is going to be the night I'm telling you, dude, Nate's on a run. You made it right down to the end. And in, it's like, you know, it goes into overtime and yeah, it's like, fuck, it's a, it's a shitty way to lose, you know, but you know that those are the rules, you know? You know, the thing is, man, I, I honestly just haven't learned my lesson yet. Which is, <laughs> um, hey, just hold on to people. All I can think of is I want to submit. That's like, you know, it's like, if I went here with zero intention of getting a submission, I was just like, you know, but no, I want to finish you. And that's like almost, it kind of been a hindrance to me, you know, because, um, you know, you can gain so many of these, of these rules and stuff. But that is what is so dope about shooting balls. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm enjoying Shugio so much on on multiple levels. One is, you know, the format having submission only, no time limit. People always yeah. say like, "Oh, it can't be done," or "It's going to take too long." It's going to be boring. Blah 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 blah. Whatever, right? That's. I think that's all crap. I just think nobody's really approached it in in the right way, and I think that the Shugio folks are are doing that right. And you can tell as a spectator, as a viewer at home, you know, I love jujitsu and I could watch lots of jujitsu, but I'm not going to lie. You know, like jujitsu can get boring after a while. You're watching like, you go say you go to a tournament and it's just like match after match after match. You feel like you're watching the same thing. Like nothing's changed the way that the episodes are cut up on Shugio. There's stories and there's context and there's drama. So it's an easy watch. You know, it's not like, oh, I got to really focus. But, it's an easy watch. Sorry, go ahead. But if you want to watch the full matches, they're also releasing that too. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but if you honestly do get the best of both worlds, the only thing is you have to, that trick of um, not letting the results get out because it gets chopped up and stuff like that. So that's one thing that's super about this experience, I would say, you know, is like not talking about it, basically. Yeah. You know? That's kind of crazy. Yeah, because it's tricky to promote something that where you can't, you can't share that many details about it. You know what I'm saying? And then, right. how do you not slip up by not talking about it? <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> a little club, bro. You know what I'm saying? I uh, I had Keith Krikorian on uh, a few weeks ago, and he agreed to do the interview, and and then he texted me the night before, and he said, uh, "I'm sick. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow." And I was like, "Okay, man." We'll, we'll get it up later, but I thought, you know what? I bet he just doesn't want to accidentally like spill the beans and say what happened. <laughs> well, right. I wouldn't want to. Okay. I would just put it off, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it has been super fun to just watch it you know, come out and people, you know, there's definitely a buzz around and stuff like that because uh, no one's ever really done anything like this. I mean, but, I mean since the, uh, the Brown Belt Kumite went way long ago, but you know, it was a different time. And, um, so, you know, this is the first of its, of its kind, you know, when anything, any recent, you know, martial arts hit, gets through Nogi history, man. No one's really doing this. You might see a no time limit match here or there, but like a full tournament, like, damn, that's pretty crazy. And it's pretty damn sad. It's dangerous. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought up the brown belt kumite because over the years on on this podcast, whenever we talked, we talked to lots of promoters and people doing different jujitsu events and whatever, you know, and that that event, it kind of comes up from time to time where people go like, this is like the brown belt kumite and everybody knows exactly like, oh, that one, the one that Lloyd Irvin did, like, because everybody was watching that. 
That was some dope well, shit. Dude, like, dude, that was rad, and right? In the day, that was it. And, and, and look at the guys that were in it. You know what I mean? Like, you look back, and it's like everyone who's still in the game, you know, at least, at least Gordon and, uh, and like, um, Gary, Tony, and, and Keenan, you know, you know, so, a thought that I had had tonight, and I want to get back to Shugio for sure, but watching ADCC tonight, I had the thought of, yeah. damn, there's a lot of guys that are EBI, that were like EBI level, like uh, a status oh, guys, sure. you know, that there were stars on that platform. And a lot of the IBJJF guys were like, ah, yeah, that's just those guys over there. Now these dudes are running ADCC. Like, shit, dude. That's pretty impressive. Oh, I mean, I've had, you know, ADCC was crazy for me because how many of those guys I've gone against, I've even tapped some of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, I've had, I've had a match against Lachlan Giles, who took third down. That was like, Beautiful, you know, speaking. You got know, uh, like, you know, like 17 seconds or something. Um, of course, Gordon, Gary, uh, Mike Perez, Pick Jones. Wagner, right? Wagner's been in a bunch of those sub Wagner, Wagner, exactly. I've met Wagner twice, you know. Once the, the first DJJ and then uh, the other before that. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's a cool I feel like Wagner would fight anybody. You could go like, meet me at the car wash tomorrow oh. at nine. We're going to have a super fight. He'd be like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, well, Wagner's one of the real establishment players. He you is. Know what I mean? but, and, and you can say there's one of them, but you know what? I don't want to say, even though I had two like, pretty savage matches with him, I got nothing to say about him. I think he's funny. He's very cool to me. He is a professional savage. Like he's a savage, but he's yeah. professional. He's going to shake your hand at the end, and he'll be, you know, yeah. pre- pretty cool afterwards. <laughs> it's just that yeah. fifteen minute time period. He's he's going to come at you. So let's talk Shugio. You've been really, really impressive. Um, I'm especially enjoying your stand up. Uh, I think your first match this season was against Rafael Domingo. Is that correct? Am I remembering that right? That was my second match. The first match was Sean Weisenberg, who's a what? good wrestler. Weisen- so, yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. Uh, which was it? And, and Sean's been on a bit of a tear, too, you know. So uh, that was cool for me to, um, you know, take that one. My second was not far yeah. Yeah, Rafael Domingo, that was a nice a nice match. And he's he's one of these kind of like dynamic stand-up guys. You never know exactly what he's going to do. And I felt like you you weren't phased by that at all. I felt like actually your style was tricky enough for him that, that you were putting him in bad spots, which I thought was really cool to watch because he's usually doing some weird shit. You know, like someone's going to do something weird. Yeah. It's going to be Rafael Domingo in a match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it was cool. like, no, you turn yeah. that shit around. Yeah, well, man, I, you know, I'm playing weird too, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, I, I love the fight too, man. I love seeing people, I want to see what people have to throw up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see what people are made of. And, and that was, um, you know, the mentality that I brought into Shugo was like, let's go, boys. Like, let's see who's made of what and give me a best game. And, like, let's, because we can't, you can't, you can't gain Shugo. It's terribly like you have to tap them or, that's all there is, you know. And so it's like, can't get, you, you just can't lose on any DS. You know, it's just the rules. And so, you know, it's like sometimes you go into a tournament and you're like, yeah, but he'd be my sponsor. 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 He'd
let's see who's a top order person. And everyone in that tournament, honestly, I had so much bad respect for because he, you know, committing to three and possibly four, no time in the matches mentally, like, who's doing that? You know, like, everyone knows that Explain to me the difference in your feeling as an athlete when you're competing in mostly an empty room versus, you know, you're competing in mostly an empty room in front of cameras versus, say, like on a stage in front of a crowd. How does that impact you as a competitor? Do you change your mindset or do you feel do you feel the difference? Do you approach it differently? You know, I think that, that, that there shouldn't be a difference. You know what I'm saying? In fact, in fact, I mean, I think of a time where Gio Martinez gave me a little piece of advice. He said, you know, if you want to be a good dancer, just pretend you're in your living room, dancing to your favorite music, and don't watch it, you know? And he's like, did you play with jiu-jitsu? And I was like, hell yeah, you know? So, so honestly, the empty room, the, the big stage, like, ultimately, it should be the same, you know? And if it's not the same, that means you're kind of like falling into a trap of thinking it's different than just being in your mat room, you know? I mean, it's not really. It's just that there's some circumstances change. There's a few more people watching that it's just the same thing you should be doing every day, you know? So, I don't know. I, I tried to not... It just didn't matter. I didn't think that I was like going to an open mat, you know, whether, I, whether it was CJJ or, or CJ. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to meet a room to really, really savage too, and I'm going to roll them to see how I do. You know what I mean? Like, that's my mentality. Is, is, is there... Is there any feeling with the round-robin format that, like... I guess in my brain, this is how I would view it. Even though I was, if I, if if I was on Shugio, this is how I would think. I would, I think I would feel a little more relieved that it it's not a one and done style tournament where you have to be like very, very, very fine. If you you know you almost feel like you're always on the edge of getting bumped. Whereas when when okay. it's round robin, you don't have to have that much pressure on being perfect. But you you still have to be very 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 committed to where this could play out because there's no telling. Like when it's a five minute match, it's a five minute match, and you know it's going to be five minutes of crazy intensity. But when it's open ended, you know you don't know you have no idea where that's going to go. Like Keith got into a match that was like ridiculously long and with so so sweaty they had to take a pause and dry the mats off like you're not really expecting that was, that. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen right that was some of the most savage raw like at what point is that a medical emergency when they're like we have to give these guys IVs right now they've lost so much fluid and then they then they had another match and that's very <laughs> Of no time in the round robin, but you know, that's why it's just such a pure test, you know? And, uh, and to tell you the truth, man, after committing mentally to three to possibly four, you know, I've been to the final, so, you know, I'm sure no time in the match is probably every other thing you do not scary at all. 
So I'm like, wait, you're telling me I just have a 10 minute match at the show? Like, it could be shorter if I tap the sooner, but the run of a 10 minute, like, that's easy. Now, you know, like, I had a match just a couple weeks ago against Matt Danzig that was, uh, no time limit. But because I had already gone through having four no time limit matches, I really started my one, one no time limit match seemed like fun to tell the truth. So it's just, it's just that perspective that just raised the best, you know, and, uh, it was just beautiful not being limited by, you know, one and done or whatever rule set you're playing. It was just, yeah, free flow to just the cool. Yeah, I, the one thing I do like about round robin formats is that you you feel like you get to see who the best grapplers are at least within that group because you get to see everybody kind of go with everybody you, you know sometimes right. there's just some bad matchups or a guy has a bad moment he zigs when he should zags and, and then it's it that's yeah. it he's out versus this is like i get to see how you do against this guy against this guy against this guy and then i get a good read on you it is in general like how is your overall grappling game like you know not just like are you super good at one little aspect of it but when you're facing multiple guys in a day you know who knows what they're going to bring at you. you it's very hard to specialize and keep forcing people into one spot when there's so many unique and talented guys that you're going to have to hit it hit against. Well, and and another thing, all these athletes, you know, they work so damn hard. So say you show up and you get knocked out in thirty seconds, all the hard work like for that. Like with this, you just want to have a chance to redeem yourself. So just sort of fan what you're made of or of yourself too. You want to it's not like such a possible waste of time. So it's not that anything is really waste of time, but I mean, come on. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, true about that. You have a path to redemption if you come out and you're like, "Damn, yeah. dude, I got like quick tapped out of no." I mean, it happens. Guys get flying. Yeah. Guys get flying arm locked at the black belt level in the pro divisions because yeah. it shit works, man. Oh. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Dude, I mean, dude, um, we can get Ethan getting put to sleep in like it was like a minute and a half. Like, right. he's one of the best. Well, I mean, he won. Uh, an ADCC trials, you know what I'm saying? Like that's his caliber. So you know it can happen anywhere in town. So yeah, but just the chance to have more and more matches is, is so good on so many levels. You know, I think the fans win and, and the, the competitors really. Yeah, and Ethan, you know, just kind of speaking back to the fact that you can redeem yourself, he ended up getting all the way down, you know, having that final match against Max uh, Roshkov to see who would be in the finals. You know what I mean? So he's he's he did very well for himself. Tell me, going into this, Nate, what what were you expecting in terms of like, hey, who's going to be the guy to beat? Was it Max? Did you have your eye on somebody else? Who were you kind of expecting you know, to be the top guy on the other side? I mean, my first choice was was I figured you know, like I guess it was going to be me and Ethan in the finals. Um, and then I, I don't really know much about Max. I've heard about him, but I never really seen him or you know, looked at videos or whatever else. I think he's another band with good wrestling. But I knew Keith beforehand, you know, uh, and I had more So I thought, you know, after Ethan, the best guy, uh, there's a good chance of something is, is Keith. And then, but it grew that upset of Max, you know, putting out Ethan. And, uh, and then for watching that, I was like, oh, okay, this, this is interesting, but, um, I like the matchup that uh, of his wrestling, you know, honestly, I think it's, it's, I just enjoy that way more than a guy who just wants to sit down. You know, that, that was 
truly the game of a fan and turn into a I'm a chastise you, blah, 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 blah. Kind of boring, but I think the scrambles of wrestling was super fun. And uh, it feels more like a battle, more of a war. You know, when, when you kind of throw each other and knock each other's heads down and stuff like that. I was just like basically kind of like, don't you lay off past the bar. For me, what I enjoy, I like I like playing this way. You know, I just think it's fun. So, so, you know, it, it turned out to be the guy who deserved to be there. And then someone that, you know, I think, uh, you know, well, you'll see when the finals comes up, it's a very exciting match. So. Yeah, and I think two of two of the more dynamic styles of of grapplers, two of the more dynamic grapplers with yourself and Max are the guys in the finals. When you when you go back and you watch the other matches that you guys have had, you've both been very dynamic. I mean, Max is he's all over the place. Lots of wrestling transitions, lots of like impressive uh, head and arm chokes and darces and 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 all those you yeah. know uh, submissions. He seems like he's very very good at. And, uh, you know, very well-versed in wrestling. And, and you know, I wanted to ask you, where did you pick up or how did you develop your stand-up skills? Did you wrestle? You don't seem like a pure wrestler. You know, I don't know if you are, but just by watching you, you seem like you're pretty eclectic. Like, you got a bunch of different things you could do. Man, I just really, I'm a martial artist. But, you know, I did start off with wrestling. I, I, I was um, always open to wrestling, too. Well, I was not a very traditional wrestler. I did weird things, and I pissed my coaches off all the time. But that's <laughs> what I did, you know. But I developed my own game that turned out to work really well. Because I never played the same. And actually, I actually broke my leg my senior so I wasn't able to wrestle. But um, you know, but then you know, I had to learn on the race side. I studied tons of martial arts and um, you know, kicks and punches to different grappling styles to the samurai sword. Um, basically everything I do, I somehow am able to learn lessons and apply it to my jiu-jitsu, even like I started calling, you know, just catching stuff. And it changed my jiu-jitsu, it changed the way I, I saw shapes and patterns and lines and, and things like that. And then, you know, I was uh, taking chess lessons for a while. And that really kind of opened my mind to another way of thinking. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just putting everything together and developing what my thought was. Well, honestly, what entertaining. Just do what's fun, you know. Maybe I don't even do what's the best or the smartest, but I do what's real to me, and uh, that's what's really fun. Is like using games that no one else does and winning with it. You know, like that's that's pretty interesting. Because uh, you'll see in, in, in my last story, only I pull double underhooks to mount. Like I'm too mouthful. I pull him on top of me to mount with double underhooks. Who does that? You know, what I mean? <laughs> it's like even sometimes. Sometimes when I watch my matches, I'm like, what the hell are you doing, bro? <laughs> but I know my game, and it makes sense for me, but for other people, it's definitely strange. But, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a self-studier, and, and I just kind of, um, I don't know, it's like that fun, that's how I'm about, you know? You're one of the few guys that I, I watch, and, and from talking to you, you seem like, stylistically, you're the type of grappler that you would want to watch yourself. You know, I mean, I mean, look, man. Again, going back to the brown belt Timothy, and this is long before I was new to Tony once. You know what I mean? Like I was a white belt when 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 Jerry Tony was in my brown belt, and I saw him grapple, and I'm like, what? Well, I had to grapple hard, you know, going tomorrow, and he was doing all this crazy flying around and flipping and stuff. And and it turns out like he's one of the most you know, 
possibly the most exciting grappler. You know, but yeah. he, again, he didn't win ABCC. You know, he, he's not an absolute champion. There, what he what was fun, you know. And again, I just like to do things that are fun. So I'm just not trying to just hold someone for as long as I can. I want to just like flip to fly. Play and just see see what happens. You know, create something different. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I agree with you, but I I have to be honest. Every every time I've ever competed, I've always felt like, you know what, man, I want to do my thing. And and hey, as long as that worked, it was good. But there were plenty of times when I was up by an advantage, like in a gi tournament or a couple points, and I was like, I'm gonna hold on, baby, because I can't fucking breathe. You know, it's funny how my priorities change so much. You know. Especially when you get tired, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, uh, 100%. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. Man, I've won matches by points and time, riding time or whatever else. Yeah. But, I mean, I think ultimately we all, I mean, we all want to get the tap. You know, I know it. So, again, that's what's so cool about Shukio is, like, you get that opportunity to go to the tap, period. Yeah. Right. So, super ache, super, super badass like that, man. I, yeah, it was, it was definitely cool to be part of. Well, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing the finals. I want to remind our listeners that the finals are going to be dropping uh, early next week. I, I think I think Phil's like talking maybe Tuesday or Wednesday on the drop, so keep your eye on that. You can go to youtube.com slash Shugio. That's S-H-U-G-Y-O. And the website is the com. You'll be able to check out the finals with Nate Orchard and Max Roshkop. I can't wait to watch it, man. I'm, I've been, I'm super stoked. I'm making my wife watch all the episodes with me, too. I'm like, we're watching it. It's just like MTV's reality show, but it's jujitsu. It's way better. Um, there's drama. Look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, man, thank you so much, Nate. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us. I know you're, uh, you're just getting in from some travels, man. So I hope you have a good week, brother, and appreciate it very much. Okay, man. All right, have a good one. Nate Orchard, man. What a good dude. I I feel like... I, I hope he wins, dude. I don't know what's happening on the Shugio, you know, and it's like... Uh, it's, I, I don't... I want to I want to wait. I don't want to... I don't want to be like, hey, Phil, tell me who won. I'll sign an NDA. Just tell me who wins, Phil. Just tell me. I have to know. No, I I I wanna I wanna watch it. I feel like I should watch it. I really do. But I I dude, I, I I'm gonna watch it. Make sure you watch it. If you don't watch Shugio, you're missing it, man. You're mega missing it, yo. Hey, thank you guys for listening. It was a great show. I had a great time. Uh, please check out Shugio. Go to youtube.com slash Shugio, S-H-U-G-Y-O. Go to theshugio.com. The finals are coming up this week. Nate Orchard against Max Roshkop. It's going to be an outstanding final. Once again, you better watch ADCC. I know it's over, and I don't care. Pay the money to Flow Grappling and go watch it. It was dope. You need to be supporting these athletes, not sitting at home bitching about how you can get a free stream. Other than that, I'm out of here, you guys. Have a good one.